How's it going, everybody? I'm Luke Buckley and Joe Marino, of course, with me on the other end of the screen. Cautiously Optimistic Podcast, uh, episode 14 or something on the season. Been a while since we came to you since um, before the All-Star break, since before that ridiculous 9, 10, 11 day break, whatever it was that the Sabres were on, uh, that someone should be fired for scheduling. And uh, we're back. Um, as are the Sabres. They've played a couple games uh, since then. Although, hey, they've had a whole West Coast road trip, actually, yeah. since coming <laughs> back. So um, I guess it has been a minute. But, um, yeah, back to talk about all the latest happenings. Yeah, uh, yesterday's game against Toronto, very highly anticipated. I know I was very excited. I was thinking in my head, is this the most anticipated Sabres game in the last like 10 years or so, 12 years. Hmm. See, I was I came into it thinking, man, this this is a big game. And then they Toronto wasted no time. And no Ended time it. at all. Uh indeed. Ryan O'Reilly killed us. Mm-hmm. They trampled us. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would say in that first period, the Maple Leafs whooped our ass. I want to say that. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, <and>... nothing. <laughs> UPL gets um, pulled. He didn't have a great game. I mean, yeah. hung out to dry a little bit, but I'd like a save. Yeah, UPL has shooters, though. They came after me on Twitter last week. <laughs> I, I must have missed that. Oh, goodness. Well, it's water under the bridge now. But, uh, yeah, 6-3. Hey, Anderson came in and I guess gave them a chance to come back, right? Yeah, I mean, if they didn't give up four goals in the first whatever 10 minutes of the game they could have had a fighting chance in that Mm -hmm. one they they put up a decent effort in the third period but when you're losing that big what are you gonna do they they made it interesting at least they did uh jack quinn scored a goal um nice to see him get on the board definitely definitely is have you noticed that jj paterka has like not produced at all in like the last 20 games he's got like four points in his last 20 games i thought it was more than that (laughs) more i mean more games than uh yeah it might be more it might be more but as he's really going through a tough spell here yeah it's the rookie wall you know how i've been justifying it though to myself is like there's 18 year olds who play in the swedish top league and score like six points and right Paterka is a rookie. He's 21. He's playing in the top league in the world. And he's produced 19 points so far. So how bad can it be for a I mean, uh, overall decent rookie yeah. year? The way yeah. he was started, at least, I thought he was going to do much better than how he has as a whole. But I still have high hopes for him, obviously. But I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh, maybe it's time to send them to Rochester, get that confidence up. I don't think they're going to do that, but I don't think it would be a mistake if they did send them to Rochester for a week. But then again, who are you putting in the spot? Are you going to bring up Vinny Hinestroza again? I'd rather see J.J. Paterka in that yeah. role. So Unless well, they're going to uh... go bring in a James Van Riemsdyk type. They're, I don't yeah. see any reason to do that. They believe in... Their young guys developing up here go through the struggles and develop. So that's I what I assume what they're going to do. 
Well, don't overlook Brett the Threat Murray uh, in the uh, in the call up case. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Lucas Rusek too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, anywho, I listen. It's 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 really tough watching Paterka and Quinn because they're here to go through the ups and downs of a of a season, and of course, it's I mean, it's the best time for their development. Mm-hmm. And you still still like what is this season? Are they are they a playoff contender? Is this a growth year? So you have to deal with that too. Um, but at the same time, it's almost like Quinn at times has not looked like any better. He's he scores goals when he shoots, but it just looks like he and Paterka are increasingly nervous and just haven't improved in a we long just gotta while. Remember, we just got to remember they're still they're rookies. And they're rookies, when we have, yeah, when we have right. our conversations about, oh, the salary cap, you're going to have to pay Quinn and Paterka $6 million. Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. They're rookies. We don't know what they're going to be like. We hope they're, they're really good based mm-hmm. off of their body of work at, in their draft years. And after being drafted, Rochester last year, they were great. They've shown signs that they can be really good players, but we don't know yet. Right, and, and I guess you can say that's a perk of having a loaded prospect pool because if they don't work out, because they, you never know, you have backup plans, and that might be that's true an argument for keeping this war chest of prospects and picks that they have as kind of a backup plan if in case guys don't get to their full potential. I'm not saying I, I don't believe they can get there, but yeah, I don't. You like, just never I, know. I don't want to let my emotions get the best of me because like obviously we're all feeling it right we all want to be in the playoffs this year uh we all want to experience that and i think we all want just to hurry up and have these guys win the calder trophy so it's it's hard to hold back saying stuff you know uh, getting 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 angry at times with how they play but um Whatever, it's part of the roller coaster of uh, being an NHL rookie, I guess, and um, being a right. fan of this team. I they've shown that they're not legitimate top six forwards, right? Yeah, and that's fair. Yeah, fair to them. Like they should, probably should be in more of a third line role, not as much of pressure on their backs. But when they put that kid line together, it was it was really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good for, but currently, I think the, the kid line's broken up. The Granado switched the lines up a little bit. Uh, like what I'm seeing out of Peyton Krebs, though, we can talk about him quickly. He has been, I don't know. I we were, I think both of us were really disappointed in how he was used and how he was playing early on in the season. But man, he has been impressive lately he's, he's uh become he's, good defensively too which is a nice I, revelation i don't know if he was like this in junior or if he was known for this when he was drafted but he's become a little bit of a uh a stuff stirrer uh he was will. not yeah he's he's a bit of a pest so um he's he's yeah i i like him in that role too uh he's taken on a few guys and yeah he's not afraid it, right he's he's made a good accounting for himself against um some other veteran players and uh no he's been scoring goals he's he's just been playing 
really well. And I've said this on the show. Guy. Scrappy guy. That's right. Uh, Scrappy do. Maybe that, that's his nickname. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah, I think, I think I've said this on the show before, but a guy with his skill set, if he can, if he can deal with being in a bottom six role, uh, if, you know, if no egos get in the way or anything, uh, then I think he can be, he can really thrive. And uh, he's, he's done just that. If you have a Absolutely. great, if you have a first round skill set like that, then um, you're perfect for that role. Yeah. And I think I've mentioned this probably going back a couple of years ago, but I don't want to call him, I, I don't want to bunch him into this cat category but your best role players bottom six guys are, are the failed prospects the mm-hmm. guys who had that skill set that adapted into a new role so i don't want to say Krabs is a failed prospect or anything that's a very good but point he, he was put on that line with gerson's and oposo and i'm sure the intention there was okay you're going to get better at the defensive side of the game. And he did just that. And now he's moving up the lineup and he looks like the ideal third line center of the future. And I'm very much okay with that. That's right. You know who uh, that makes me think of that, that you just described almost like a, almost like a Sam Bennett. Yeah. Bennett has really flourished and now he's at a second line Mm -hmm. caliber player, not what he was drafted to be, but right. Right. He was trending to be out of the league the way it was going with the Calgary Flames. And then he goes to Florida, and he's a highly thought of player once again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so the Sabers are struggling. Well, just, they're not I even struggling. Say, they're a streaky right, team. Right, right. They're a streaky yeah. team. They're young. It's, I think. It, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It, no, it's it's it, these recent games. It's how the entire season's gone. It's been yeah. up and down. It, yeah, you're absolutely right. It has been up and down. I feel like every other podcast that we do, there's, oh, man, they're going for the playoffs. Let's go make a trade. The next one is, oh, man, maybe they're not there yet. It's it's a cycle. Yeah. It is absolutely a cycle. They, But the thing is, they're close. They're right. still close. They have, what, five games in hand on some of these teams ahead of them. Detroit has really gotten into the race again, too. Philly has kind of climbed in, too. Yeah, Philly hasn't been as bad as I thought they were going to be. But I'm looking, pulling up the standings right now. Ottawa's only two points back of the Sabres. Right. I don't know so how their games in hand are, but. Uh, we play, they played only one more game than us. So mm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a really, compared to it's last, <laughs> I mean, it was settled two months ago yeah. <laughs> last season, uh, that, you know, and. Um, now there's seriously, it's all the way from Philadelphia up to the Islanders. Any of those teams can, uh, can get in. They have a chance. Good Lord. I mean, you, I'm looking at the standings right now and there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs. Right. They are a streaky team. I wouldn't, they're not a contender, but for God's sake, they are right there. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's. Four, there's three teams ahead of them in the wild card hunt right now. The Islanders and Panthers currently occupy those spots, but you're four back of the Panthers with five games in hand. You're five back of the Islanders with five games in hand. Mm-hmm. Win, just right. win. You just gotta win. And and yeah, we've been we've been saying that for a while. Like 
they need to just win games. That's that that's the only way in at this point. It's just yeah. it's so simple, but you got to keep winning because everybody else is is keeping on winning too. Right. How about Washington on a five game losing streak? They're really falling off. Their fans are upset. Penguins are they're getting some losses now too. The changing of an era right now. Mm-hmm. Matt Barzell is out long term mm-hmm. for the Islanders. Honestly, I don't think the Islanders are making it. I don't think Washington's making it. I don't think Pittsburgh is going to make it. I think it's going to be two of Florida, Detroit, Buffalo. I think that's fair. Yeah, see, Ottawa's crept up, but I feel like I something about Ivan Ottawa stick right. up. I don't know if they'll they'll make it yet. But hey, one more thing about the Sabres. Well, not one more thing about Sabres. This is a Sabres podcast, but one more <laughs> observation about where the Sabres are at this point. They're beating the teams that they should beat, right? Which is good. Yes. Yeah, and and that which is part of that's seventy percent of what you can ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they, having trouble against the upper echelon teams, though. You, right. You, the the game with the Hurricanes before the. All star break, and obviously, the one yesterday against Toronto. The Kings are a good team, mm-hmm. they really struggled with them. That was a brutal game to watch. Tough showing in that by Craig Anderson, right? So, again, they're just a streaky team. Mm-hmm. It's part of development, it's, it's part of the plan, the quote unquote plan. Um, hopefully, they can go on a little bit of a run here. But if you don't win these games in hand, we, we say it every podcast. If you don't yeah. win the games in hand, you're not going to make it. The thing is, they are still in it because of the games in hand. You got And win. just looking at this schedule, every single game is either very tough, well, they're 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 both very tough and very important cuz you have you have Columbus one more time. And then it is every team that you're up Murderers against. Row. <laughs> yeah. It's every team you're up against and every powerhouse within the division or within the conference. Well, they've they've got Columbus twice. Right. Yes. Yeah. Columbus twice. They have Montreal uh once more. And what I, I was looking ahead Philly. a little bit. Yeah, Philly. Um so I was looking ahead a bit, and if it comes down to those final couple games. Uh, they do have the Senators and Blue Jackets to end the year, but the 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 three games before that are the Hurricanes, Rangers, and Devils. Oh, that's so, going to be the kiss of death on their season. Right, right. So if it comes down to those final five games and whatever you're 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 three points out, um, Ooh. that's where that's going to be the deciding point. And the, yeah. the Red Wings and Detroit, are the, the game before that too. Yeah. That's Detroit going to be a and big the Panthers game. before and that the Panthers. Yeah. So those final seven games, uh, or really, uh, five of the final seven games are just almost playoff games themselves. Yeah. If, uh, if they, if the Sabres stay in the race, uh, up till then. Well, in this scenario, if I would have told you the Sabres would be very much in the race, the last seven games of the year, would you have taken that? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I remember, I mean, God, at the end of last season, I was saying how sick I am and how I don't know when this team is going to be good or even mm-hmm. contenders of being good. And yeah, it, uh, it came quickly. On one hand, happy that they made it interesting, at least. 
mm-hmm. if whether they make it or whether they, whether they don't make it. Happy that they made it interesting. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if they don't make it, I'm going to be pissed off that they did nothing. Because they are going to do nothing. I mean, maybe they'll trade a fifth-round pick for a Nick Sealer type or yeah. some depth defenseman. But I'm looking on Twitter and seeing that Jacob Chickering's asking price is only two, fir- two first-round picks equivalent. And I'm like, okay, why not? You see, though, I don't know. I see <laughs> It's funny how like the script has flipped now because I don't know if I want to do that now. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I'd rather keep uh, keep piling up the young guys. You know, like I don't know. They, <laughs> it's still just you're on a, what could be a twelve year playoff drought. Just do something. Yeah, I I don't understand. Like mm-hmm. yeah, bravo to Kevin Adams for keeping his head on straight and not feeling any pressure to do anything. But you're right there. Mm-hmm. You have the five games in hand. You're four points out. Make a move. Yeah, and one player can make the difference. I think the Leafs yeah. going out and getting Ryan O'Reilly like that's gonna Huge. make a big difference in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one guy that can really put you over the hump. I. I'm sick of seeing people say, oh, one guy's not going to make a difference yet. Maybe in 2019, one guy's not going to make a difference. <laughs> how how many guys on this team, do, how many moves away are they from being a playoff team? They, they might be a playoff team now. Not many. Yeah, right. like on, in 2019, you were going to say, okay, you need you need three defensemen. You need two top six forwards. You need two bottom six forwards. You need a goalie. No, we don't need that many. I think we said this on the last podcast. The amount of things that they needed the last mm-hmm. time around are the amount. It's the amount that they have now. Yeah. It's the script has flipped. Mm-hmm. I think they are one move, one big move away from you can say, okay, that's a playoff team. If you put Jacob Chikrin in the top four, you allow Henry Okiharu to be on the third pair where he belongs. And you get Labushkin off add. the ice. And you get Labushkin off the ice. You get Bryson off the ice. You get Bryson off the ice when Ryan Johnson signs, which according to Corey Pronman, most likely will be happening. You heard it here first when everyone was doubting. <laughs> if you've been listening to the Cautiously Optimist podcast for the last two years, you know that Joe and Luke have been telling you that he's going to sign. Well, listen, he's I... going to, and he's going to play. And I think he's better than Jacob Bryson now. So if you get him and a guy like Chikrin, that's a playoff decor. Yeah, I I have said this on the show before, and I'll say it again now. Joe, you're the brains uh, behind this thing uh, when it comes to actually thinking analytically. Uh, (laughs) And you now have the uh, Jeremy White stamp for approval. So how about that? Right. You have have cred. Yeah, Jeremy gave my Ben Bishop to Arizona idea. A shout mm-hmm. out on the radio on Monday or Tuesday. And that if you're cool. thinking, you know, if anyone's thinking like, oh, how self-indulgent, man, 17-year-old us when we started this show would have freaked out if that happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we're going to relish it. Yeah. Amen <laughs> Forgive us. Forgive us. <laughs> yeah, but they're not that far away. If you're saying, oh, they're minimum five guys away. No, they're not. <laughs> 
You know, right. Made from being right. a cup, made from being a cup contender, but making yeah. the playoffs. Good God, we're in eleven year drought. They're in Make a the good playoffs. spot. Yeah, they're they're at a state right now where they can be a team that contends for the playoffs every year. Right, right. Maybe you miss their year ahead of schedule. Their yeah. year ahead of schedule, and it's time that they acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, no, but uh, back to what you're saying about. Kevin Adams and um, uh, just uh, a little couple minutes ago, this was 12 days ago. I think it was that he spoke to the media and just from, from his press conference that he had that day, it sounded very much like they're staying put. They're not doing anything. If anything, if anything, they're getting a depth defenseman and, and that's it Mm -hmm. at the deadline. Um, uh, So um, I think they're going to ride it out with the guys they have right now yes. and just see if they can maybe justify it. Well, this is part of the, uh, this is part of the growth. This part of the progression is seeing if uh, the young guys can contribute to um, pushing this thing forward. How pissed do you think people are going to be if they literally do nothing? Like man, last podcast, we talked about being a third team broker, like how the wild were in the Ryan yeah. O'Reilly trade. How about that? Getting a fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Like if, they don't even do that. They don't trade Portillo. They don't trade to retain money on Patrick Kane. They don't mm-hmm. trade for a defenseman. They don't do anything. How pissed do you think people are going to be? Oh, there's going to be a large sect of people online who are going to be unbearable. Uh, there will be a lot of opinions slung around and it's going to be very, very annoying yeah. yeah uh i think last year i wasn't too hot and bothered about the inactivity mm-hmm. they they traded hag for like a sixth round pick uh a few days before the deadline so adams does like to get his deadline moves ahead of time mm-hmm. uh the taylor hall trade was i believe the day before the trade deadline a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh Eric Stahl was even before that. And then Hag was a few days before the trade deadline last year. So he likes to make his moves early. That's his track record at this point. So I'm not expecting an active trade deadline day. Uh, don't call into work if <laughs> or skip school if you're young enough. Um, this will be the first year where I am not doing that Yeah, <laughs> this year. For, yeah, I, you know what? I I have a hunch that they they will be a broker of some sort, a uh, a third party, if you will. Right. They. I mean, they always talk about it, but they never do it. Yeah. Adams is always talking about how they're willing to use their cap space to their advantage. Forgotten deal done is the Will Butcher trade, where mm-hmm. they only got a fifth round pick and they made New Jersey retain. Yeah. And they tried with uh, Matt Murray. They tried that, weaponizing the cap. But you got this year and maybe next year. But if if they don't want to take on a bad contract, I understand that. Like, they don't want to block out their young guys, the system that we hear every single time Adams opens his mouth. (laughs) But being a third team to broker a trade, there's no reason why... 
you don't do that to get a fourth or fifth or third round pick. Because then, heck, okay, say they retain money on Kane. Mm-hmm. Chicago retains half of Kane. It's a Buffalo, and then the Sabres retain another half. So 25%, that's like $2.6 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota got a fourth for retaining 25% of O'Reilly. So let's say the Sabres get a third-round pick. They don't have a third-round pick this year. Keep in mind from the Eichel trade. So let's say you get a third-round pick for retaining on Kane. And then you trade Portillo for like a fourth-round pick, fifth-round mm-hmm. pick. I don't know. What's the guy's value? Can Joe's mm-hmm. picks trade for a defenseman? Mm-hmm. It's found money. Yeah. I don't like it's not that hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Found money. Or you can use the picks you can trade up. You can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. More picks is good. It adds to the flexibility. If you're essentially buying the picks, I would do it. Will yeah. Kevin do uh, it? I don't think so, but that remains yeah. to be seen. You're right. There's no excuse. It's like trying to get a date. You gotta put yourself out there. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same thing. <laughs> Uh, you know, all this said, it is reassuring, though. Something, Something's very comforting listening to Kevin Adams talk. Like, it, it's, yeah. you know, like, it, 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 you can tell that there's a plan, finally. Um, even if a move isn't made, at, at least. Right. There is cohesiveness, and there, there, there's, there's some form of structure in... Um, what they're doing. So um, if something isn't done, I, I think you'll there, there at least be um, an alternative uh, motive, if you will. Um, or, you know, they'll, they'll adapt accordingly to doing something else. I'm sure. I couldn't sleep the other night. So I decided to watch the three beyond, not beyond blue and gold. But whatever they're called now, embedded. Uh, Sabre, or was yeah, one? Sabres, Sabres embedded. Okay, I watched the three draft ones: 2020, 2021, and twenty twenty two. Like the behind the scenes, just get a good look of like their process. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. from twenty twenty when it was the skeleton squad, uh, it was just mm-hmm. Kevin Adams and like three other people in the room. To what they have now with Sam. And Ventura, Jason Carbonos, Jerry Fort, and you know, among many other bright people in that room, I have full confidence that they can get this done. And it's nice and hearing if, them get if shouted they out. Be, right. Two by Adams. Yeah. If they want to be patient, go ahead. I still think it's going to work. I don't think their plan is flawed, but Mm-mm. it's the notion that, oh, you can't make a trade to sacrifice the future when. We're building now, yada yada. Like you, there, there are guys you can trade for that can make you better now and in the future. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Whenever someone brings up the notion that, oh, let's make a trade, let's go do this, it's immediately met with, can't do that. Tim Murray did that, and look how that ended up. Luke, I don't know if you've seen my tweet. But <clears throat> excuse me. Let me go to Twitter. Let no, go no. Twitter. don't don't no? go. Don't don't look yet. I'll I'll, right. I'll 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 read it to you. Okay. Guess how many oh. picks Jason Botterill traded in his tenure as Sabres GM? Oh, who God. would you, who would you guess traded more picks, Tim Murray or Jason Botterill? Oh, 
Probably Jason Botterill. Uh, I didn't count the Tim Murray picks, but uh-huh. Jason Botterill traded one first, two seconds, four thirds, three fourths, three fifths, oh, five sixths, and a seventh round pick. Oh. Jesus. I have never heard of anyone talking about Jason Botterill mortgaging the future. Mm-hmm. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. and the picks that he did make for Wild largely did not work out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like Murray, at least, just because of the circumstances the team was in, it was more guy in, guy out type of deals. Right, and yeah. the the Murray draft pick trades they they weren't all, all great, but at right. least he brought in some good players. Mm-hmm. First yeah. round pick for Brandon Montour, who should have been good, but you put in a coach that shackled him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'll just read over the trades. It's fun to go down memory lane sometimes. Oh, speaking of that, I have a surprise for you. Um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Like, well, later in the show, we'll cover it. It's it's more of a um, a wrapping up type of deal, but it's um, it's a trip down memory lane. But continue. Yeah. All right. Uh, a fifth round pick for Wayne for like seven games of Wayne Simmons, a fourth round pick for Michael for a leak, a third round pick for Jimmy VC, a second and a fifth for Colin Miller trading a sixth and a seventh to move up to get Philip Siderquist trading a fourth and a sixth move up to get Aaron Hoogland, a first in Brandon Gooley for Brandon Montour. Uh, uh, a second, a third, a sixth, and Cliff Poo for Jeff Skinner, which, you know, that worked. not a bad deal, but yeah. Carolina really did well with those picks. Peter Kochkov and Alexander Nikishin, mm-hmm. who is like the best defenseman in the KHL right now. A fourth-round pick for Matt Hunwick and Connor Sherry. A sixth-round pick for a sixth-round pick. Toronto drafted Pontus Holmberg, who has done pretty well with Toronto in the time that he's been there. Uh, a fifth round pick for Scott Wilson. Oh. A third. <laughs> That's a oh, th- the Iceman. <laughs> yes. Uh, giving up a third round pick in the a- along with Marcus Foligno for Marco Scandella and Jason Pominville. A sixth round pick to make sure that nobody was taken in Vegas. They didn't want to give up all mark, which this dude was reckless. Yeah. Uh, and a third round pick for Nathan Beaulieu. Mm. Cool. Mm. Uh, not, the Skinner yeah, trade was the only good. good trade in there for mm-hmm. draft picks, but O'Reilly. I mean, Evander uh, Kane was good, but I would call it a reckless trade. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the, Man, I still remember being so angry over the uh the Evander Kane trade to San Jose, the return and just yeah, even those trades were just terrible. Um, man, does 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 Aaron Hoogland have any chance here though? Do you think he um? I don't think he's gonna make it. Yeah, I I counted eight draft picks, nine, nine draft picks. Okay, yes, yeah, so... right in that area. Yeah, well, it's pretty close. It's pretty mm-hmm. close. Lots of like trading picks. Like the, he moved up a couple of times, so like I counted those. So mm-hmm. pretty close, but for God's sake, 
on my soapbox here, but nobody talks about Jason Botterill mortgaging the future when he did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the quality of the Murray trades was more severe, but when you trade, what is it, three? Like 16, 17 draft picks. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Trading Four draft picks and one Reckless. draft and move move up twice in the late rounds. Like we're I don't know what they're doing there. But I think I we're uh, we're both big on asset management, and that seems like asset mismanagement. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And Kevin Adams, if you were wondering, has only traded three draft picks. Wow. Uh, two of them were to move up to get JJ Paterka, and one of them was in the Jack Eichel trade, the third round okay. pick this year. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin Adams does not. There is no body of work of him buying yet, like mm-hmm. none. Mm-hmm. He's traded up once. He sold off a lot. Whether you believe it or not, the Jack Eichel trade was selling. Mm-hmm. You know, just because Alex Tuck was in the trade, it's still a sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he. The only trade that I guess you can call a hockey trade or trade to try and get better. I get, you know, they they were trying to get better with the like the Eichel Risto Reinhardt trades, but you know what I mean. Yeah. A yeah. hockey trade. His first trade, Marcus Johansson for Eric Saw. That's it. His first trade. He has not tried to like address the roster since. Listen, I'd say he has a pretty good track record thus far. Yeah, he's done, he's done very well still. in most, if not all, of the trades mm-hmm. and most, if not all, the contracts. This makes me want to start a GM mode. <laughs> like, it's time. Mm-hmm. And what time is time? I think it's time to make a move. But on Kevin Adams' plan, he opens the scroll. You guys can't yes. see it, but I'm pretending to open <laughs> a scroll right now. When Kevin Adams opens the scroll... What does he have as okay? Now's the time. Yeah. What what indicator does he need to see to say okay? Now is the time to press fast forward because we hear yeah. it every time he opens his mouth. He can't press fast. What what, what is not? his what is his? Uh, he's walking in the woods and a bush lights on fire out of nowhere and a voice speaks to him. Moment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Is it they make the playoffs? Because if it's not now, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Because so, this, we're, they're going to have these issues every year. You're going to have two rookies on the team playing big roles. You can't just hope and pray that 18, 19-year-old kids are going to come in the lineup are gonna and change yeah. your fortunes around. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. Not but everyone you- is an Owen Power. Not everyone's a Rasmus Dahlin. Not everyone's a Jack Eichel. Like... It takes time for most of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I this, don't know if I want to sit around and hope that these kids get good. <laughs> yeah. You know, despite all this, though, I still find it really hard to to like be be negative about um, anything really that's going on right. about the operation. Like, I, I, I still can't bring myself to do it um, just because there hasn't been like that that catastrophically bad. Uh, move yet to be made because of the inactivity that's true that's when you're patient you can't make a bad move Mm -hmm. 
That's true. I just worry, is his patience going to be a fatal flaw? Right. Does it turn the, in the do the do something Darcy thing? I don't want yeah. something like that. Yeah. Does it turn into uh the we should be worried he doesn't make a trade as to uh being worried that he'll be too aggressive with mm-hmm. something and maybe um overpaying for something. Right. And I can live with him not doing anything this year. Like say they they're like three points out of playoff spot like we were talking about earlier that you miss out on like the second last week of the season it overall is a successful year now for next year i know we hate talking about next year this this and that but is that the time on his is that his bush setting on fire moment <laughs> okay we just barely miss out on the playoffs now is the time we're going to push our chips in we're going to use that cap space we're going to try we're going to get a defenseman we're going to get a second-line winger to play with Dylan Cousins. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something. wonder if that's the move. I sure hope it is because I would be really annoyed if they just stand pat, status quo, we're bringing the same group back next year. Yeah. Which I'm afraid might be the case, but we'll see. Maybe well, I'm being too critical, but I... No. I, hey, it's, since it's... I've become a Sabres fan, I've seen... Two playoff series. Two. Yeah. <laughs> 24 years old, for God's sake. I want to watch a playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to. Um, See, I'm my, my, my positivity is too high because of the hockey we have watched these past 12 years to to worry about anything. I know that that that's horrible to say, seeing as, you know, I have a podcast to host here. But um. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm more keen to let things play out yeah. and see how it goes. Yeah. Enjoy the I, ride. Enjoy yeah, the ride. Enjoy, I think we said that before the season started. It's important mm-hmm. to just enjoy the ride, this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see uh, – you did see the, the Shea Weber trade. Shea Weber yes. trade two times in one year. Yeah. Shea Weber in a fifth-round pick for Mayo. Mayo, I, I don't know how his name's pronounced, but Coyotes can now trade Jacob Chikorin without taking out any salary. Yeah, and that's a significant part of it. But, I mean, how much longer is this going to go on for Arizona? Like, when did are they see, going to try and get better? Did you see Gary Bettman, the video that he put out, basically urging the citizens of Arizona to vote yes to the uh arena district plan for tempe i did not oh you need to you need I'll, where was, I'll where was that you. yeah send that to uh, me i'll send it to you that's it's i mean it's almost like a money laundering operation at this point yeah i they 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 haven't made the coyotes have made any strides to do anything to get better and i'm i'm hesitant to count um the covid year as a playoff berth oh um, yeah like a true playoff berth. Not. right they 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 haven't made the playoffs in since 2012 and they went to the conference final um and they've they've just they've really done nothing overall uh except for take on contracts and help other teams uh they've been doing this for 10 years over 10 Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i like you know it would be cool to see hockey in a market like that 
succeed just because it's it's rare. I mean, if they were to get good, it would almost be like it would almost be like welcoming a new team into the league in itself. Right. I mean, like there's been two expansion teams that have come into the league since the they last made the playoffs, and both of those teams have had significantly more success than I think the Coyotes have ever had. <laughs> I mean, the Kraken, <laughs> like they're going down that path. Um, but the Golden Knights definitely. Um, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's that whole situation. It's just, uh, I know I kind of took this down a different direction, but like, I, I, I will never waste a chance to talk about how big of a failure Gary Bettman has been, um, as a commissioner. You should, you should watch the video now. I just sent it to you, but all right. I don't know about the coyotes, man. I don't know. They, I don't know what they're Logan. Logan Cooley looks really good. I'll give them that. They're going to have another high pick this year. Their tanking is not working this year. They're on a little run. But I, di- I didn't like their trade-up to get Connor Geeky. I did not like them <clears throat> drafting Maverick Lamaru with their third first-round pick last year. I think their drafting is weird. I don't think they've done a really good job at the draft table. And I don't know. It's just, I like to think that it's going to work out in Arizona, but also at the same time, I don't think that people in Arizona are going to vote yes for this thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Coyotes move in a couple of years. I just watched the video. I have two thoughts now. Uh, One is like, who is Gary Bettman to the people of Tempe? I don't know who he is. Why do they care what this guy says? It's like (laughs) he's, they're probably like, he's the commissioner of a league that 5,000 people go to games at when they have a real arena. Like I, Gary Bettman is, is, is is nothing. I feel like those, um, those people, um, I'm trying, I'm struggling to think of another analogy for like what it would be like for Buffalo. Cause I don't know. I feel like Buffalo just embraces every sport, but um, yeah, I don't see, I don't see how Gary Bettman is relevant at all and how he would speak to them when they, when the coyotes, I don't even think they really have an attachment to Tempe. Isn't no, it? they don't. Yeah. And it's Are not they, like that. Is ASU in Tempe? It, it, yeah, it must be. Okay, um, so now they have a connection. It's like, and it's not like a thing where, like, every I can't imagine every city in Arizona is that close together where every city cares about the Coyotes, right? It, it you know, like there's a difference between Buffalo and New York City. It's probably a lot like that. Uh, in some cases, I'm not familiar with the geography of Arizona. Forgive me. Uh, but my second thought is, how can Bettman? And surely, surely, if if they if they're if they aren't complete dummies working for the NHL, how can anyone there see seventeen thousand people or whatever filling the Videotron Center in Quebec for a junior game, and try and put more resources into making Arizona a thing? That's why I think eventually we're going to see more expansion. Wait, I, I would not. I, think, I know we've. I know we've talked about this before, and you disagree. I hate it. But I hate it. You look at the it NHL the now. Product. You look at the NHL now. I think 
with every time they've expanded, Vegas product got better. Seattle scoring is up. We're we're seeing it before our eyes, and the the money that comes in is great, and the owners love that money. Mm-hmm, Would not mm-hmm. be surprised in the slightest if there's another between two and four more expansion teams in the next 10 years. I would not be surprised. But hey, listen, listen. Would not be surprised. Even though if you add two more teams, though, that doesn't get rid of the 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 economic black hole that is Arizona. Right. That like that has to be addressed. I mm-hmm. I you know, I mean it, it, it like it's a business. You got to make sure everything is functioning on every level and I feel like just, you know, adding two teams like I don't know, Arizona they have they have to do something with that. For I for like every season of the podcast we've talked about something to do with Arizona relocating or just how big of a mess the whole thing is. Um the thing is the Phoenix area is a large market. Yeah. Like, if I think if they had a good team, like if they could just figure it out, mm-hmm. maybe it'll work. You look at Carolina now. You say yeah. an outdoor game is a popping environment. Five and years they have ago, a real people. Yeah. They Five have an years identity. ago, we're probably talking about the Hurricanes relocating. Yeah. Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. Five years ago, we're talking about three years ago, we're talking about them relocating. Mm-hmm. And now they've had a couple good years. This year, they might make the playoffs too. And look, heaven behold, they've got fans. So yeah. maybe Batman sees, okay, we got a big market here. Do this rebuild right. Hope right. maybe they get Connor Bedard. In a couple years, Austin Matthews hits free agency and he mm-hmm. signs with Arizona. And the, by and large, you got a nice fan base in this new shiny arena that they're going to build. So, yeah, supposedly. I, that's if I were Batman, that's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. But if you were a betting, had... were a betting man. <laughs> <laughs> It, but the 20 plus years of hockey in Arizona says otherwise. So we'll see. Yeah. But yeah. And see, like it's, it, it, you can, that's the thing. If they can build something, if they can get an identity there, but like there's, there's no, there's been no effort. It looks like. Well, the thing is they, they draft a guy, they develop him, they trade him away for picks. Yeah. And they, it's like a, de, like a development team. It's yes, like in it's some, a feeder system for the rest. Of the yeah, league. it's a feeder system, it, basically, essentially. Like you, you think of some. I don't know how closely you follow soccer, but there, there's some teams that you know you develop the guys and you sell them to the other teams. Yeah, and make yeah. money. Yeah, essentially, that's what the Coyotes are. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they're gonna trade that's Chikrin. Right. They're probably gonna trade Clayton Keller at some point in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they they breed they players. Traded, they traded Dylan Strome. Like it's just it doesn't stop. That's how uh, the uh, the top teams in, in in the prem stay on top, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's gonna be interesting. I mm-hmm. I don't know when this vote is for the Coyotes, but it should be. I wonder what's gonna happen when or if yeah. that vote doesn't pass. Very interesting to see. It's like I don't know. You you wish they could build around a guy like Carl Vimelka or. They're gonna trade him. They're gonna trade him, right? It's like you stumble upon this gem of a goalie from Europe, and you get rid of him. And yeah. it's like there's just... they 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 have no goal for existing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You know, Terry Pagula said the reason for existence of Buffalo Sabres to win the Stanley Cup, the yes. reason for the Arizona Coyotes' existence is to take on cap dumps and <laughs> it's to help other teams win the Stanley other Cup. Other teams, and well, you know, it's only fair because they the revenue sharing. <laughs> yeah, see, it's a money laundering money team. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, uh, yeah. Let's talk about. Excuse me, the goaltenders really quick before I want to do some predictions on where the top names are going to end up on the trade bait board. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you make of this goaltending situation and how would you divvy up the starts for the rest of the year? I would give the majority of them to Lukanen just Despite because the game yesterday. I, I would tend yeah. to agree with you. Yeah. And I like, even though I'm not the biggest fan of his. It's just, you know, if he has anything, you need to give him the maximum amount of chances to show that he can be the guy. Um, then I would go Anderson and then uh, Comrie. Comrie has impressed me a little bit in the, his most recent starts. I think he's mm-hmm. done okay. I would be more willing to trust him a little more, get give him some more games, but... Anderson, I think he you can trust him the most, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh mm-hmm. the not counting the Kings game, I think he's overall been pretty good. He's good for one bad goal a game, but for the most part, he plays well, but he's not able to play a heck of a lot of games. He's played allowed to play like once every week, once every two weeks. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think. You sprinkle Anderson in when you can and just ride the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think there's only been a, a handful of times where Lukanen has not given up more than three goals in a game. Less than three goals in a game. I, I right. meant to say. It's so, almost a uh it's almost a joke at this point. Like it's a given. He's gonna get yeah. up three goals. Mm-hmm. Uh so that's gonna be Interesting to see if he can get past that because if he can't remedy that, this guy is is not going to be the starting caliber goalie in the league. Which Mm-mm. I'm sure the grand plan on the as I mentioned before the scroll Adams opens a scroll <laughs> on his depth chart and ink Uko Pekalukin and is the backup goalie behind Devin Levi. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what do they do next year? Next year's the year if they just miss the playoffs, or even if they make it, how can you justify having Lukin and Comrie as your tandem? Which on paper, on the scroll, <laughs> you're running joke for the next couple of years here. Yeah, that's what it's gonna be. I don't feel comfortable with that, and I don't know what can be done for the rest of this year that would make me feel comfortable with that. I and if it does happen, they're making the playoffs, but I don't, I'm still uneasy about it still. And I don't think, I don't think they're going to be willing to just wave Comrie. And I don't think anyone's going to want to trade for him. So yeah. it's, it's a tough situation that they're in. But the thing is, you look at like the free agent market for goalies, there's some guys that, like Semyon Varlamov, one mm-hmm. one or two year deal. He's a proven guy. He's still a starting caliber goalie. Frederick Anderson, say what you want about him. He would be better than what they have. One or two year deal. 
so, uh, someone to bridge the gap to Devin Levi. That's what you're hoping for, at least. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I wonder if there will be any sort of market for a trade for Lukanen. I don't think they would trade him. I don't, I don't think I, I would f- trade him either. Like if you're getting a first round pick for the guy, yeah, I'll pack his bag for him. But right, like if you're getting a third round pick for Ukopakalukin, then what's the point? Yeah, that's true. Um, or if you can get a, a legitimate starting goalie, like a Thatcher Demko, like, like if you can trade Lukin in for Demko, like one for one, I'd probably, mm-hmm. I'd probably be okay with that. But I don't think that's happening. Yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be the I think the trickiest situation that. Adams has to navigate um, uh, this offseason, definitely. Because, uh, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of pie in the sky for me. Um, just kind of thinking of it because some change will be made. Um, I mean, maybe Comrie does have some uh, value out there. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it would Get you a conditional seventh round pick. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, it, all they have to do is just open up a spot, and I guess Lukanen. I mean, in my opinion, Lukanen. I think Lukanen's ceiling has turned into NHL backup. Good uh, NHL backup. Right, right. So you could always just bring in a, a fresh new face um, to uh, to be a tandem with him, but. Um, I don't know. There's a couple different ways they can go with it. You're asking for trouble if you just bring the same squad back. So I hope yeah, they, they do true. something. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other Sabres tidbits that you want to go over before we dive into this trade bait board? Uh, nothing. Nothing, nothing okay. I can think of. So I'm going to throw out some names for you, and we're going to guess where they end up, if anywhere. So mm-hmm. number one on the TSN trade bait board, Timo Meyer. Do you think he goes? If so, where? I feel like New Jersey. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, Young team. New Jersey seems to be the most interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. And <laughs> I, I, I'm just, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking further down the list here and it's funny because one of their assets is actually on the uh trade bait list which i think is pretty funny but um so yeah they, they do have pieces that they can move out um um they do have a top flight prospect too um in, alexander, in uh, holtz. alexander holtz so uh could be involved i think yeah th- those two things right there a first round pick in holtz that's a very good starting point uh, and a willing trade. GM who wants to make the move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and there's a, a bit of a, a Swiss connection there too, right? Yeah. Which if that, I don't know if Swiss that, players. I don't know if that plays into that, but um, I mean, Nico Heischer, he's their captain, right? Yes. So yeah, so it uh, maybe plays into it, but and plus they're they're a young group, and Meyer's only 26. So uh, does Meyer have any playoff experience? Was he on those last couple? Sharks, uh, he must teams. have been, he must have been, as yeah. a young lad. Um, so didn't take him long to get to the league. And plus, he's another guy who you'll have his rights, and I'm sure they can afford to re sign him, uh, and yes. keep him there as part of that group for 
Um, you know what? The the Devils are no longer a team of guys. How about that? Mm-hmm. No guys will be that's right. The Devils squad. No more. No more players. Their their roster no longer consists of guys who sound like the cast of the Sopranos. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm gonna guess Carolina. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna guess Carolina. Mm-hmm. They have the prospects. They have draft picks, and He'd they're not afraid. In. He'd fit into uh, what they're kind of they they do it as a collective. They don't really have one true mm-hmm. superstar, so I, yeah, he'd really fit in there. That's a good one. Also, we're gonna move on to Chickering next. I'm gonna go on a limb here and say Chickering's going to Columbus. Mm. That's what I think. I okay. think they're going to use the returns. For the Gavrikov trade, sounds like they're going to get a first-round pick for Gavrikov. And I bet they're going to get something useful for Nyquist. They mm-hmm. have a lot of prospects as it is. I wouldn't. It sounds like there's smoke here. I think they're going to package some stuff that they're going to get at this deadline for Chikorin. And it wouldn't be. It sounds like the St. Louis Blues might be willing to do something similar for Timo Meyer. Mm-hmm. Would not be surprised if the blues decide to package. It seems like it sounds like according to Pierre LeBron that they're are willing to trade two first round picks for Timo Meyer plus some other stuff. So the top two names on this list, the yeah. teams are playing 40 chess, if you will. Where do you think? I, I wonder if the Maple Leafs can still make a play because oh, they I don't got, think so they got creative with, O'Reilly's salary. Uh, Chikrin is making less than O'Reilly was. So if they can give up, I don't know what their pick situation is like. They have no draft picks. They have no draft picks. I I don't know. It would would be something because Jake Muzzin's out for a while. So I don't know if they'd want to go in. Plus, I think it would depend on how secure Dubis feels. Um. Oh, I'm gonna man. say it. I think Toronto's winning the cup this year. Soon. I, I have think a they growing are, feeling. Are... Mm, they look unstoppable with that Marner Tavares uh O'Reilly line. Mm-hmm. Um you know what, Chekrin well Vegas. Oh I can see it. Yeah. I, I think that uh listen, with that uh I don't know, I just feel like there's a um a lot of ways uh, it can go there uh, with um, the Shea Weber um, contract leaving. I don't know. Maybe they can get creative there. Vladislav Gavrikov. It sounds like he's going to the Bruins. Do you think? See, I didn't even know. Different? I didn't even know. Like he became a thing. Um, yeah, I guess. I'll stick with you there. I I ha- I didn't even I wasn't even aware that um he kind of blossomed this year. Yeah, first and a third apparently is what they're gonna get, but mm-hmm. the Bruins have to clear some cap space, so we'll see what happens there. Ivan Barbashev. Hmm. I don't know where Ivan Barbashev goes. He's definitely gonna get traded, probably for something significant, second round pick and a prospect maybe. Mm-hmm. People are comparing him to the Arturikinen trade of last year. Oh, um, 
what what intrigues me about him is like St. Louis's um their 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 mindset right now is wanting a, a quick rebuild. Mm-hmm. So I don't Maybe know they if try and be... sign him. Perhaps I don't think that's out of the question. I think uh, maybe they just try and keep them, but um, whatever they get in return will be very intriguing to me for uh, whoever they trade here down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I can't think of a. I think the Bruins would be interesting for Barbashev, but if they're trading a first round pick for Gavrikov, I don't know if they're gonna get mm-hmm. both of them. Right. But... He's definitely in, an enticing idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Carlson, do you think he goes anywhere? Oh, man, he's definitely going somewhere. It's just his his contract is one that kind of throws me for a loop. So I don't know. Whoever gets him would have to... Um, be creative certainly i'm still four years left wow i think he's Um, gonna go to edmonton i yeah i can just there's too much smoke it's there's lots of cap gymnastics that have to be made there but too much smoking you know it'd be funny ottawa oh yeah if he went back to ottawa yeah sounds like ottawa it's either ottawa or edmonton because i remember carlson has no move so Mm -hmm. It happens. Maybe yeah, maybe he would want to go back. Unfinished business there. That that suddenly becomes a very uh scary decor then. Yeah. And they're not out of it. Right. They're, they're right on the Sabres tail. Mm-hmm. See, like I look at Ottawa, I look at New Jersey, and I don't see them sitting on their hands. They're trying to be good. They yeah. look at Detroit. These teams all started their rebuilds before the Sabres did this time around. <laughs> yeah. You don't see them saying, oh, can't do that not yet. Not they yet. sped it up a little bit. Not yet. They clicked fast forward. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I, I don't want to sound like I hate Kevin Adams. I think he's doing a good job. I just want to preface that. I like, he's a nice guy. Yes, very good nice. GM. Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to touch on before we get into our questions? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I said something about um, a throwback, and I was cleaning out my room today in preparation of um, making space for my new TV that's coming in. And I found, I'm going to show it to you, an old podcast format from 2017. Oh, man. Yes. Uh, read the agenda to our listeners here. Or the, see this, what it, is. Um, it could have been it could have been 2018 actually, but um this was when the Sabres were looking for a new coach. Uh I, I have <laughs> I have here written in pencil, so I made some amendments to my typed out format. Murray joining Minnesota. Uh oh yeah. I remember happening. that. No, you did not. No. And a John Vogel report that the Sabres had reached a deal with the Cincinnati Cyclones of the ECHL. Uh, I have a quote here from Pierre Lebrun. I think Bob Bogner might also be on the Sabres radar, although I don't believe Buffalo has asked permission yet. Um, 
on Sabres head coach radar, I think in no particular order, Kruger, Tockett, no. Jim Montgomery, uh, I think Jack Martin, Phil Housley, Martin. uh, <laughs> Todd, uh, uh, Reardon, right? That Todd, right? Yes, Kevin from the office. <laughs> and uh and and Bogner. Um amazing they, that Ralph Kruger was even on their radar for the first time around, too. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then also for the Housley. <laughs> they they should have just hired Kruger then. Just kill two birds with one stone. I for know. Oh my god. We would have um, gotten Don Granado a lot sooner. <laughs> And then this is from Paul Hamilton. Uh, in addition to these names, Clark Donatelli is also being considered. Donatelli um, is he a college coach? I don't know. Maybe we. Uh, is he an agent? It's, uh, wait, hold on. That was Jack Eichel's agent, wasn't it? Really, Clark Donatelli? Yeah, hold on. <sighs> well, hey, uh, sounds we were, familiar. We were also on Victor and Teepin watch, <laughs> uh, <laughs> waiting for him to come over. Had his KHL stats here from sixteen seventeen. Um, uh, Clark Donatelli was uh, with the Wilkes Barre. Okay, uh, I, I don't know where staff, that so that makes sense. <laughs> oh, because Bottrell was with Bottrell. Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evander Kane was a huge focus of this episode as well. Um, I wrote from Eklund of Hockey Buzz, aka Hockey. Oh Eyes God, in- we were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I wrote from Echo okay. Hockey Buzz, aka Hockey Lies and Crap. <laughs> a Vander Kane to a Vander Kane to Boston can happen soon. Also, uh, here's an Eklund classic. The Sabres have interest in Artem Anisimov and Cam Fowler. He loved linking us to An- to Anaheim Ducks players. I remember, I remember Bobby Ryan to the Sabres was like the rumor for oh, oh yeah years. Um. Has some other quotes. Uh, apparently, the Bruins had interest. Again, I think this is more from Eklund, but apparently, the Bruins had the Bruins had interest in Evander Kane and Gabriel Landeskog. I remember Landeskog yeah. and the Bruins was a Man. hot topic. Yeah, how things uh, would have changed. Uh, I also wrote here. I, and I remember this. We were talking about Ryan Spooner being part of a potential Kane to Boston. Good Lord. Deal. And <laughs> I, I made a point to say, if we do it, I want picks and a guy like Jake DeBrusque. Oh, okay. which I don't know if that, whatever. Someone uh, make Luke a GM here. This guy knows who he's talking you, about. You, uh, you want to hear my, you want to hear my proposal back in the day? Again, this is, I think, Let's 20, hear it. Let's hear this had to be 2018. My proposal came to Boston. Was it 2017? Hold on, hold on. I think this might have been 2017. Yeah, right. Yeah, because we were waiting for Victor and Tepanik. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, wow. This was was back in the AV room. Yeah. Um, My proposal was Evander Kane to Boston for a 2018 second, a 2019 second, which becomes a first if they make the Eastern Conference final. Hmm. No Jake DeBrusque. No, Jake. Yeah, right. I said I want Jake DeBrusque. I didn't even put him in my. You know, my... that's a, that's a better that's a better deal than what they got. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're pretty close. What was it? A conditional second that became a first. And yeah, then and then Daniel Regan and something else. 
Uh, also, a few more notes I had. Pierre LeBrun believes this offseason could be the busiest in NHL history. I don't know if that... Ah, uh, we hear that every year. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Sabres receiving uniform tweaks. One of 12 teams received them. This was going into the Adidas era, so mm, yeah. that was true. Um, And then we did a giveaway, apparently, which might have been the Nickelodeon uh, autographed picture. <laughs> <laughs> that I got for free from David Adams. Was this was this producer? I remember producer Allen drew a picture of the Sabres oh, logo. We might have given that away. That might have been <laughs> it. Yeah. So this was producer Allen era. Um, but this was two podcast names ago. Um, yeah. So I I found this and wow. got a chuckle. I was like, we're sharing this. Yeah. You know, I I know we're not going to change our name again, mm-hmm. but I thought of uh. Our, our good friends Dean and Mike from college. Yeah, uh, their their show on WMCB was called The Odd Hour. A U D. Ah, I think it'd be it'd be a great name. So if any aspiring Sabres podcast hosts want to create a podcast, there's your name, The Odd Hour. Go and go and take it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Question time. Oh man, that really brought back some memories. Mm-hmm. Back in the AV closet of Lancaster High School. That's right. Our first season of the podcast. Uh, first question from Steven. Steven with the Frozen Four Pod. longtime listener. First time yes. caller. <laughs> uh, the PK has been brutal and the power play is streaky. Which would benefit the Sabres more? Having an average rank penalty kill or a more consistent power play? Oh. I would more... go penalty kill. Oh, right? really? Yeah. I'm going power Their penalty play. kill is abysmal. It it's is abysmal. It, it they is. You really need to figure that out. Uh, their power play is fine. I, they're still a top 10 power play team in the league. If you have a top 10 power play in like the 15th or 14th ranked penalty kill, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Although if their power play was more consistent, the, the thing, my theory is teams are figuring out how to stop Tage Thompson. You're not yes. seeing that off and bomb hit the back of the net. They're not even seeing him get the shot off anymore. So that's what's really stifling the power play. They they just got to figure a way to shake it up. But you need better penalty killers. Right. Flat You've out. seen it. You need um, to address that. You've seen him try to, I think, work it into the slot a little bit more uh, recently too uh, on the on the power play, not just uh, mm-hmm. clapping that bomb. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the question, Stephen. Next question from William, another longtime listener. Who is our starting goalie next year? If that answer is Uko Pekalukinen, are you comfortable with that? Uh, no. I bet it is Lukinen, and I am not comfortable with that. Yeah. But I would be more comfortable if they got an upgrade over Eric Comrie to be like a tandem sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Next question from John Brown. How... How do you think Devin Levi's game will translate to the AHL next year? And what is a realistic timeline for him? Good question. I think Levi will transition very well to the AHL. Seeing him transition from level to level very well from uh Canadian junior, not even the CHL, like the level below that, I guess you could even say, mm-hmm. uh, Played very well. He got drafted in the seventh round. But if he was playing in the Quebec League, 
and put up good numbers, I think Levi would have been a much higher pick. But little guy, not playing in a very big league, uh, gets drafted in the seventh round. Then he plays the World Juniors in the COVID year for Team Canada. A surprise. No one knew who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if he, I don't think he was the MVP of the tournament, but Canada won gold. Was fantastic. Revelation. Didn't play much. I don't think he played at all for Northeastern that year. He might have been injured. Might have been the backup. I don't know. I don't remember. But then, year after, fantastic. I think he won the Mike Richter Award, nominated for the Hobie Baker. Phenomenal year. This year, he's had some ups and downs, but lately, been phenomenal. And he might carry that mediocre Northeastern team to the national tournament. So, would not surprise me at all if he adjusts very well. He's a very poised goaltender. Watch him in the bean pot. He was fantastic. Willed them to that win, too. I think he's going to be good. My question is, are they going to make him the guy? Or are they going to let him have to earn it? Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to bring like Malcolm Subban back? Are they going to wave Eric Comrie to play with him? Should be interesting, but I think he'll be good. Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I, I just have... One thought about the uh, the hype in general about Devin Levi, like, is he the most hyped arrival since Jack Eichel? Do you think? Hmm. Good question. I don't think that's because it, like this guy, he's already. I mean, Darlene. Yeah, Darlene was very hyped after Jack Eichel. But I, I like uh, he he is getting <laughs> a lot of hype though, and he I'm is. a little worried that. He- He's not going to be able to live up to it, but he's, he's almost be good. a myth. And I think because uh, it's goalie, it's 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 added on to that that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. He's it, one of the his numbers. He's one of the best NCAA goalies of all time. Yeah, and you know he's also was Ryan Miller, Miller and Connor Hellebuck, yeah, and he even looks right. like Ryan Miller. I think. Yeah, he has the hair. Do you know if he's? Yeah, they they look. He looks like a young Ryan Miller. Oh my God! I've been off topic for a second. Mm-hmm. When I was at the Ryan Miller night, I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. But the the tribute video that they were playing for Ryan Miller, mm-hmm. where you know he puts his hand over his stick and he's looking at the ice. Oh yeah, I that, that was not right. That was not Ryan Miller in that video. No, no, they had right? they had they had a fake Ryan there's, Miller. There's a double. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they had an imposter. Okay. I, is that confirmed or? Oh, you could tell. I mean, like, yeah, cause, that wasn't it was like Miller, freshly, right? it was like freshly shot footage. Yeah. And okay. like his hair just looked different. I thought I was going crazy for a second. I'm like, that's not Ryan Miller. Luke no. will know the answer to this. Mm-hmm. No, I picked up Glad on that right away. Glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks for that question. I might have tweeted yeah, about John. it. <laughs> John. Oh God. Okay. Next question from Eric. In your game, in your opinion, are the letdowns in big games slash against better teams a youth related issue or a coaching issue or something else? Probably uh, it's youth. I don't. It, it's probably youth. But we didn't talk about this. The struggles at home. Yeah, I don't know. What, what are they doing on? What are they doing on home game days where they just do not show up? I had a crazy it doesn't thought. Make, their record is ridiculous. Like, are they at Darlene and Middlestat's apartment smoking crack before games? Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> what are, I you, had, what are they doing? Listen, hey, listen. If you're gonna if you're gonna propose that theory, I have a theory proposed. <laughs> um, okay. Listen, maybe 
maybe our fans shouldn't boo these guys when they don't have a great game. Do they? Because it's, yeah, it's a, the Philly game uh, where they got they, yeah. they didn't show up. It's happened a couple times. Maybe it's just they're young and you know, you think all these people love you and then they suddenly boo you out of the building. Maybe they're scared. I like that to hope that they're more mentally tough than that. I, I'd like to think so too, but um doesn't they're they're young kids who have done nothing but win all their young careers in junior and college and whatnot. Besides so, Zemgus Gergensons. Yes. That's that's <laughs> true. Um so I don't know. Again, it's 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 I call it a wild theory because it's a wild thought. It's I don't know. Maybe they're just the I, I don't know what the issue is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It could be a coaching issue. Like, is he not preparing them for the games? Are they too relaxed? I don't know. But they they gotta figure it out. I especially I think, down the stretch here. I think they have more away games than home games, though, which is good. A lot of stuff can be attributed to youth. I think a lot of their struggles, that is, yes. can be attributed to youth. Uh, thanks for that, Eric. Next from Flexon Mobile. How much trade value do 37 and 71 Casey Mills that and Victor Olsen have right now. Do you see Peyton Krebs as the three C in two years? And how long before Quinn and Paterka are bonafide everyday top six wingers? Good mm. question. I do think Casey Mills and Victor Olsen have good value. I will yeah. die on that hill. Yeah. Olsen, whether you like him or not, streaky goal scorer that he is, he scores goals. And he's had a horrible cap hit. So if they did want to trade him, you can get something good. I wouldn't be surprised if you can get a good defenseman for him. Like Dante Fabro is apparently available in, in Nashville. I could see them eyeing up either of those guys, most likely Middlestat. But Middlestat's a year younger than Fabro. It's like the classic hockey trade. Mm-hmm. Young, young D for a young forward. I think that makes sense. That holds water, but Middlestat on pace for 50 points all year. We say it every week. That pace is not changing. He, yeah. He's fine. He's fine. He's the whipping boy, but I think he's fine. So I think they do hold considerable value. Uh, yeah, uh, especially. Yeah. yeah. Goal scorers, man. Like He is a pure goal scorer. If you can put up with his uh, t- 20-game goalless streaks, he's going to give you nine games in a row where he does score. So right. he absolutely does not even not even joking. He he does have value. I, any anybody who can score goals um can do a team well. Absolutely. Uh Peyton, next part of the question, Peyton Krebs is the three C in two years. I think he's the three C now, and I think that's not gonna change for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. And Quinn and Paterka, bonafide everyday top six wingers. They're most certainly not bonafide top six wingers right now, but I would like to hope next year they are. I would too. I think it's a little more likely for Quinn. Um, yes. Paterka might take a little more time. We'll see. If at all. Thanks for that, Mr. Flexon Mobile. Uh, Zager Bomb. Zager Mob on Twitter. If you replaced Bryson Labushkin and Yoki Haru with competent replacements as in Jacob Checker and Carson Susi, Dante Fabro, Kalen Addison, whoever, just three out of three with competent replacements. 
how much better does it make the team? Oh, I think it's a night and day difference. It, it, it yeah, well, it gives you, it <laughs> certainly gives you a few more wins, right? Yeah. I think they're, they're multiple wins better. Uh, mm-hmm. And therefore, in a playoff spot at this point, because um, there's just been times where those guys have been exposed and it's put them in huge holes. So, yeah. Uh, the difference would not even be measurable. It would, it would just be a massive improvement. That's the only thing you can mm-hmm. say, really. Right. Uh, next question from Hank. He asks, how does burning a year of ELC work for goalies? Would Levi need to play in as many games as a skater or do the rules change for a goalie? That's interesting. Uh, rules, That's do not, rules do not change for a goalie. When it comes to a college prospect signing, depending on the age, <laughs> the moment you sign the deal, a year is burnt. Owen Power signed last year. He was eligible for a three-year entry-level contract. That year was burnt the moment he signed it. Whether he played a game or not, year was burnt off the deal. So when Devin Levi signs, I believe... He's only eligible because of his age for a two-year entry-level deal. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it is a two-year entry-level deal based off his age. So the the moment he signs it, I might be mixing up Ryan Johnson and Levi here, but point stands, whether it's, let's say he's eligible for three years. If the Sabres sign him in April, the the first year of the deal is burnt, no matter what. He probably won't play any games. It's burnt. So I think the most likely scenario for Devin Levi, and this would be different if they weren't carrying three goalies, but in the most likely scenario for Levi, I think they sign him to an amateur tryout in ATO and they send him to Rochester. Oh, and yeah. his entry-level contract will kick in for next year. That's my theory. But Ryan I... Johnson, he's a little older than Devin Levi, so the point of he's eligible for a two-year entry-level deal, that stands. So whether he plays a game or not, if they sign him, he will have one year left on his deal. So next year, he'll be on the LC and he'll be up for a contract after that. Hank's name on here just cracks me up. He has blue check mark in parentheses. <laughs> I don't know why that, that made me laugh. <laughs> yes. uh, one more question from Zach. In your opinion, is Don Granada the answer? Uh, through his questionable lines to assigning ice time, not getting the team ready for games to his bad strategies. I do think Granado is the answer. Uh, not every coach is perfect. Right. You, you will not find a single coach that is perfect. Every coach has a flaw, and Don Granado is no different. But I don't want to just compare... Don Granado to Ralph Kruger and Phil Housley, Dan Bilesma, because yeah, he's by far the best out of the bunch. But mm-hmm. when you compare him to the other coaches around the league, he's a smart guy. He's bright, sharp. Yes. Every ad, every uh, word you can use out there to describe a smart coach, I think he he is smart. Does he not pull the goalie early enough? Yeah. That's an issue. Does he not know how to use his timeout sometimes? Yeah, that's an issue. But I will you say I think he has done wonders for the development yes. players. Rasmus Dahlin, Tage Thompson. From a development perspective, Don Granado has been phenomenal. 
since becoming the head coach of the Sabres, and I have no doubt that's going to continue. I do think he's the answer. He is the perfect coach for this team right now in the state that it's in. Yes. He's like the yes. guy, he, he he's a, 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 I guess, pleasant enough personality, a light enough personality where I think younger players can feel comfortable playing for him. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of the reason why everybody blossomed and he knows the objective, right? It's to yeah. develop these guys and um, get their confidence into, yes, I'm an NHL player. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he knows what he's doing. Um, and I think he's actually fixed some things like, the, the the odd man rushes have gotten better from the start of the year. I mean, it was every game where there were right multiple two on ones. That's been a Good noticeable point. difference. Clearly, they've worked on that. He recognized that. They fixed that. Um, and you know what? Another thing, like I feel like there haven't been many chances where they've had to pull the goalie, whether that be yeah. they're winning games or they're just they're down by too much. Um, mm-hmm. but like you, you, yeah, yes, he has flaws, but there's certain stuff that you. You you can't hold too much against him just because again good outweighs the bad, right? The good very much outweighs the bad, and it's said time and time again, they're learning together and they're growing together. And um, mm-hmm. if he's the he's the uh, it's like he's a first time father that's um, you know, rearing these uh these young cubs. Yeah. All right. Good question. Savers. Yeah, great question. Uh, Savers next game is coming up when? Tomorrow? Yes. yes. Tomorrow, Tampa, Friday, Florida, Sunday, Washington. So, so uh, this is, these are three big games here. Yeah. Three big they... games. What do, what do we need? Do we need? Give me, give you me have five to... points. Get five out of six. You need five out of six. You got to yeah. beat Florida and Washington, though. Listen, as I really, really, really want to beat Tampa, just do anything, do whatever is possible to get over that hump because you've had leads on them. You played them so well this mm-hmm. year, but you somehow yep. just found ways to lose games over and over to them. It's happened for years now. Uh, get a win over them. And uh, I want to say I'll be happy of four of six. But five of six puts you in a very good spot um, in the race. But I mean, if you could, if you can, if if you can beat, listen, lose to Tampa, uh, but if you beat Florida and Washington outright, um, yeah, no three point games, right? No three point games. Don't allow Florida or Washington a point. And and then if you if you beat Florida and Washington, you Mm -hmm. can catch up. Like you're there, right? Right. Assuming, well, you might still have some games in hand, but next week they they play four times next week. Mm-hmm. A, a big week, fun week. They play fun week. They play. Oh, March is a busy, busy month. Four games, four games first week, four games the second week, three games, four games, three games. Mm-hmm. So you know you got all those games in hand, but you have a crowded schedule. To close out the season, they're so. going to be made up real quick. 
Yeah. So win the games. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Uh, I that's believe right. that's oh uh, guy of the week. Yeah, guy your of turn. The week. My turn on guy of the week. My guy of the week. He's a large defenseman, twenty nine oh. years old. Drafted in 2012 with a seventh round pick. Do you have any guess on who this gentleman is? Uh, he hails from Bob Kagan, Ontario, Canada. Uh, Scott Harrington. He's not Scott Harrington. Oh, man. Who? He played five games with the Buffalo Sabres in the 2016 oh. 2017 season. Justin Falk? No, it is Brady oh. Austin. Oh my God! Brady Austin currently playing in Germany <laughs> for a, a Kolner Hale. So the top, but, yeah, yeah, he's been he's been all around the world here lately. After leaving Buffalo, he played in the AHL with Cleveland, Stockton. Then he mm-hmm. went to Denmark, and it looks like Czechia, he's a globetrotter. Russia, Finland, and now Germany. So he's been all over the place. What made me think of Brady Austin to be this guy, this week's guy of the week? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Murray is finally, and it's not cautiously optimistic podcast without a Tim Murray name drop. <laughs> uh, his final press conference with the Sabres when he was touting out, shouting out all of the the good young players that they were excited about, mm-hmm. uh, mentioned Brady Austin, was raving about <laughs> him. I think and I remember. He took a good minute to talk about Brady Austin. And I also remember how he was talking about oh, Nick Baptiste scores 30 goals next year. Is this a lost year? And Nick Baptiste did not go on to score 30 goals. The following <laughs> season, the narrator says. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just remember that. So I'm like, yeah, I wonder what that guy's up to. <laughs> Think about Tim Murray too much. Yeah. In the year of 2023. Got to oh, leave boy. him in the past. Yeah. It's for the best. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that is it for this installment of the Cautiously Optimistic Podcast from Joe and Luke. We appreciate you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.